The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Doctor's Lounge Show with Dr. Scott Barber. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber, and you're listening to me on America's Web Radio. I'm really happy to be here today. We've got a really big show for you guys. I'm going to be connecting some more dots about understanding the world we live in and how to interpret the facts that we're seeing. We talk about it on this show all the time. The purpose of this show is really to promote the benefits of free market health care and in reality, just freedom in general, and to talk about the horrors of government control, one-size-fits-all, socialized medicine that is in the business of denying you care and not providing you care. It also usurps the healthcare industry to gain political power for governing elites and to disempower individuals from using their own resources to take care of themselves. And in a general way of thinking about things in a free society, you know, we always talk about this concept of, you know, one of the safest places you can be with no responsibility is prison. Everything is taken care of for you. you. Your food is paid for. You got a place to sleep. And all you have to do is give up your freedom. And, with freedom comes risk, with freedom comes uncertainty, but also with freedom comes possibility. And I'm here to try and demonstrate to you that the system that we have with government overreach in just about every sect of our lives is is basically ruining this planet. <laughs> I know it's definitely destroyed healthcare. I talk to my friends all the time about how medicine is already completely broken. We have this idea that we have a free market healthcare system, but we really don't. Government penetration and takeover is so extreme that there's just very little ability for people to uh, obtain free market healthcare. And that's why you all need to come to this conclusion that the model that we have been depending on over the years, this insurance-based model, is not really effective. You guys, in most cases, are paying massive premiums with massive deductibles, and you're not really getting anything in return, which is why I would encourage people to start looking into uh, direct primary care and fee-for-service and get away from this insurance paradigm. I know it's very difficult because psychologically we've all been trained to want to help our, our health insurance, but with the way Obamacare has been implemented, you're able to get sick, you get cancer, you get some serious problem, and then you can sign up for the health insurance, which is utterly ridiculous and a system that cannot sustain itself. But uh, I know in my own life, whenever I have medical issues, I pay cash. I find doctors that do fee-for-service. I pay them uh, directly with cash, and what I get in return is is the best care that's available. Now, sadly... We have a healthcare system that is taking in medical students and teaching them how to be good little socialized medicine doctors and training them up on how to use electronic medical records and uh, how to uh, participate with uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we've gotten away from trying to find the best and brightest and train them uh, on the science and train them how to be great doctors 
And I think nothing illustrates this problem uh, more appropriately or more convincingly than the great Victor Davis Hanson, who was talking about how uh, we've gotten away from meritocracy. I want you to listen to Victor Davis Hanson talking about uh, Stanford graduates uh, who are more concerned with diversity, equity, inclusion, and using racism to make their decisions uh, and getting away from merit and ability and talent and skill and intelligence, getting away from the things that really matter when it comes to producing the next generation of people who are going to make this world go around. Let's listen to Victor Davis Hanson. Stanford University just announced the incoming class of 2026, and they boasted that there were only 23% white applicants in a demographic that has three times that number. But here's what was interesting. They would not tell you of the people who were admitted how many did or did not take the SAT, which is optional now. But they did want to emphasize that those that took the SAT and got a perfect, that's almost impossible to do, a perfect score on the SAT, they proudly announced they rejected 75% of them. And so it's almost a boast that we're not going to be bound by meritocracy. So I talked to some people off the record in Silicon Valley, and one person, if I were to name his name, everybody would know him. He said we would rather have a, a coder from Georgia Tech than we would from Stanford. So it's starting to affect us everywhere, and it's a war on meritocracy, and it's an equality of result enforced mandate, and it's all done under the guise of being morally superior, but it's a very amoral system because it destroys the lives of people who play by the rules and try to achieve... Stanford University. You know, this the important thing about this is when you look at medicine, if you're not bringing in the best and the brightest people, you're not going to get very good doctors. And I'm telling you with my own eyes, I have seen this decline in ability in doctors. When I have to go to the hospital and deal with uh, newer doctors, it's always shocking and stunning how they miss uh, important things. They don't know how to... Uh, do a basic workup of people and their fundamental understanding of healthcare and medicine is just horrific. And I'm more afraid for myself as a patient and for my children uh, when they become patients about who's going to be available to manage these problems. And it's really quite scary. It's not just medicine too. It's everything. I had a friend at my Krav Maga class who was a SWAT uh, team member and he got out of the business and I asked him, what, why are you getting out of SWAT? You know, you're high up, you're, you've been made a career out of this. And he said, you have to understand what's going on in the police force. It's not just how things have changed and how we're not really protected or valued anymore. It's the people that are being put into management and having this, uh, perspective of race and gender and all this kind of stuff that really has nothing to do with people being good SWAT team members. And and so he wanted to get out. And this is a problem in the world that we're living in. And we're going to need to figure this out. And we're going to need to figure it out quickly. Now, I want to take a little trip down memory lane. I was kind of looking through some of my old newspaper clippings. <laughs> you know how it is. I like to uh, reminisce about the days, you know, as Bruce Springsteen said, the glory days. Uh, let's go back to this uh, 20. What year was this? I'm trying to look at the. The great article that uh, Hal and I had on us in the uh, Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Um, let's kind of look at some of the headlines here. Uh, one of these headlines here, and remember, this was on the front page of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution 
uh, the weekend after the Braves won the World Series. So the two top stories there were the Braves win the World Series and then Hal and I doing our amazing show on the Doctor's Dungeon. Let's just look at the headlines. Doctors spread misinformation with impunity. And let's see what it says here. Facing no official consequences, some in Georgia push unsubstantiated narratives on virus treatments. And look at here, the first paragraph. Scott Barber wears doctor scrubs when he records his podcast, an American flag tacked to the wall behind him. Leaning into the microphone, he gives health advice that experts say could land a person in intensive care. Oh boy, do I, am I proud of that one? You know, it's funny. I was talking to my daughter. Part of the psyop that's going on in this world is anytime you see a TV show and you see an American flag up, it's always going to be the villain, right? It's always going to be the evil person or the bad guy. Somehow they incorporate an American flag into it because the powers that be right now are trying to demonize the United States, tear down our history, try to tell people that we are founded on a racist society and all this kind of stuff that's patently untrue. And so they're trying to stigmatize the American flag. And so you can see it right here. They're trying to, this is the way the left sees things. They want to discredit me. They want to attack me. So of course, in the very first paragraph, they have to comment that I have an American flag hanging behind me because to all of their listeners and viewers and readers and all this stuff, that's a sign like, oh, bad guy coming. Um, let's look at uh, some of the other um, headlines we had here. Um, it says, Dr. Scott Barber is affiliated with America's Frontline Doctors, a conservative group known for spreading conspiracy theories and unproven claims about COVID-19. Now, it is true that I was uh, a part of America's Frontline Doctors, but I have no idea if that was a conservative group or not. There were a whole bunch of people. The only thing that we had in common was that we recognized that there were facts about COVID that were available, that were important to the country, and our institutions were not providing them. Not only were they not providing them, but they were preventing you from hearing about them. And so these were just a bunch of doctors that recognized we were in a difficult time. People were scared, and we were just trying to share available information. And the thing that always drives me nuts is I wasn't sharing my information. It's not like I was doing research or I was selling something. I was sharing information that was already available to everybody. As I've pointed out on this show many times, when I first started hearing about something going on in China as a responsible physician, I did what most responsible physicians do. I started reading up on the issues. So I knew there was a viral outbreak. I, f I f uh, quickly learned that it was a coronavirus. So I brushed up on my coronavirus. I brushed up on my immunology, my virology, and all this kind of stuff. And what I learned was that early treatment was available, zinc, uh, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. This is not my information and it wasn't new information. It was just information that was available and I had been reading about it for three months. And then of course we had the infamous studies in the New England Journal of Medicine and the Lancet that we always talk about on this show, but you don't seem to hear anywhere else. It's not like the CDC or the WHO or the FDA goes back and tries to remind you that these mistakes, as they call them, were made. No, it's people like me that are being labeled as known spreaders of misinformation. And then 
you look here on the whole page article, we know that disinformation is killing people in big, bold letters. So this was the Atlanta Journal-Constitution uh, back in, I, don't, I can't remember if it was 2020 or 2021, but of course, we all know what the goal was there. It was to stifle any dissent. It was vaccination all the time, no early treatment, uh, and anybody who was uh, saying these things uh, was uh, labeled a heretic and a known spread of misinformation. We know that all of the people were who were uh, um, for the vaccine and everything were promoted, and anybody who was against it uh, was uh, was against it. And let's be very clear about this because the left is very good at doing this labeling of people and trying to. Uh, stigmatized people. They're very good at it. For example, the American flag is now this, you know, it's a stigma. If you see the American flag, that's always the sign of the bad guy. But, you know, let's talk about what exactly were Hal and I saying back in 2020. Um, we were saying masks don't work. Okay. Again, not my information, just the information that I learned, you know, when I was graduating at the top of my medical school class, that was the information that I learned. Uh, we knew that there was early treatment available with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. That's what Hal and I were saying. Uh, we were saying that I never said the vaccines weren't effective. I didn't know if they would be effective. My gut was telling me they probably wouldn't be effective. And the reason that I knew this is because back when I was graduating at the top of my medical school class, I was learning that vaccines for viruses like coronaviruses that have the ability to mutate don't seem to work very well because as soon as you get a vaccine that works for one particular strain of the virus, it simply mutates and then the vaccine you had is no longer effective. And that's why we don't have uh, hardly any vaccines for these respiratory type illnesses. And it just using my own common sense, it was like, well, we've been trying to uh, develop these types of vaccines forever and we haven't done it. So what makes me think it's going to happen in the next few months? So all I was saying at the time, and all Hal was saying was that vaccines were a risk-benefit analysis, right? Uh, we, I, When I was graduating at the top of my medical school class, we were trained that you cannot know the full ramifications of a vaccine for like 10 years, right? So human papilloma uh, virus is very common in, in some studies as high as 50% in the population the last time I read about it. And I have two daughters and the human pa- and, and so there's a high prevalence of human papilloma virus, a sexually transmitted disease. I have two daughters that I do not want to get sick. And so when the human papilloma virus came out many years ago, uh, my daughters were very young and not sexually active. And so I wasn't really concerned about them contracting human papilloma virus, but I wanted to know about the vaccine. And so my wife and I started studying it. And learning about it so we could make a decision when it became more appropriate. That's how a rational sentient being behaves. Now, what we were hearing from the smart people and what we were hearing from the people in the know was very different than what Hal and I were saying. So let's review. Hal and I were talking about... um the mortality rate not being as high as the Royal College of London was uh, scaring you into believing. So the Royal College of London came out and said that the mortality rate from COVID was 3.4%, which was totally irresponsible and stupid and ridiculous. And so Hal and I said, no, 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 that is not accurate. And of course, 
shortly after that publication, they came out and admitted that the mortality rate was more like 0.02%, more akin to a typical flu, uh, just like Hal and I said, right? So we're the known spreaders of misinformation. We get the headlines on the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and we get labeled as known spreaders of misinformation. They try to uh, say that I'm associated with America's frontline doctors, which were uh, simply a group of doctors that were trying to share available evidence. And then let's listen to what the smart people were saying uh, back uh, in the dark days of the pandemic. Here is uh, Dr. Fauci on Face the Nation. I want you to hear what he has to say. It's absolutely the case, and that's the reason why we say when you get vaccinated, you not only protect your own health, that of the family, but also you contribute to the community health by preventing the spread of the virus throughout the community. In other words, you become a dead end to the virus. And when there are a lot of dead ends around, the virus is not going to go anywhere. And that's when you get a point that you have a markedly diminished rate of infection in the community. And that's exactly the reason, and you said it very well, of why we encourage people and want people to get vaccinated. The more people you get vaccinated, the safer the entire community is. Okay, so that's, 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 that's face the nation, right? So trusted news outlet, right? The, the uh, legacy news face the nation. I mean, come on, folks. It's just, it boggles my mind how people keep listening to these people. Let's go to the great Rachel Maddow who is just a bastion of and a repository for accurate information, of course, not misinformation. Let's hear what the great Rachel Maddow had to say about it back in the dark days. Excuse me. It means for instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person to person, spreading and spreading, sickening some of them, but not all of them. And the ones that it doesn't sicken don't know they have it. And then they give it to even more people because they didn't recognize they were right. Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccines will get us to the end of this. If we just go fast enough to get the whole pot. Okay, so my favorite, my favorite part of that... My favorite part of that is the smugness, right? Just this absolute smugness. If you get a vaccine, it stops. Notice how they try to de- demonize people that were, as they like to say, vaccine hesitant, right? So if you were like me, you know, a known spreader of misinformation and going like, oh, I'm actually looking at all the data myself and I'm seeing that the people who are really at risk are old people with comorbid conditions, you know, not me, and that that uh, people like me seem to be fairly safe from the COVID uh, infection. And this is back in the worst days of it. Uh, maybe I don't want to risk a new vaccine, especially, you know, when I was graduating at the top of my medical school class and doing very well, I might add, in immunology. And I can remember uh, 
looking at how these vaccines work. And I was just sort of saying to myself, I don't really think they're going to work. Now, I was never out there saying they won't work. And I was never out there, uh, you know, saying they were ineffective or unsafe. What we were saying was we don't know. And the reason we don't know is because, as I said, it takes like 10 years for us to fully understand the ramifications of uh, the vaccine. Now, let's go to Dr. Walensky. She was the head of um, of the uh, CDC. She was a CDC director. Let's listen to what this very smart person and not a spreader of misinformation. This person is deemed by the experts uh, class as a spreader of information. Let's hear what she had to say. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real-world data. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that, that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real-world data. Okay. So, so, hang on. So, Dr. Walensky there is telling you that the data from the CDC shows that the vaccine works. It's a dead end, all this kind of stuff. That, of course, was never true, right? So, the charitable analysis of Dr. Walensky there is that she was mistaken. Uh, I, that's not, that's not how I see it. Uh, of course, us known spreaders of misinformation were telling you something different. And I just want to review. We're going to keep going through this. I want you to hear another smart person that at the time was not being canceled by the uh, powers that be who get to decide who the uh, spreaders of information are and who the spreaders of misinformation. Let's listen to Chris Cuomo on CNN. Let's hear what he had to say. Think about this. In a world of threats and tyrants and terror, you know what our biggest enemy is in America? Our fellow Americans. The pandemic is dispositive proof of that. The number of new COVID cases going down. Deaths. Did you know that deaths this year already surpassed 2020s? 352,000. Now we're higher than that. And we have vaccines. How can we be dying more after we have what keeps you from dying? We have what can save us, but far too many are still in the anti-vax camp, digesting misinformation, literally making themselves sick. I, I just don't understand it. We have a vaccine. How could people still be getting sick? Gee, gee Chris, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just such a mystery to me. Listen, folks, um, I want you to listen. I got to do this last one. All right. Now, this is another appearance by Fauci, absolute clown show person. Uh, I, I mean, this guy, if anybody, if you listen to this guy on anything, I feel sorry for you because even for people in this world who have very little ability to interpret the facts in the world around them, you're, you're just lost if you're listening to Fauci. But this, has uh, former President Obama and Fauci together. Now, these people are super smart people, known spreaders of misinformation, not spreaders of misinformation like me and Hal. Let's listen to what they had to say back in the dark days. Uh, the work of the Biden administration, Dr. Fauci, we already have... 
millions of kids around the country who have gotten vaccinated, which means that if you're still thinking about it, you know, get informed, talk to somebody you trust, your family doctor, your pediatrician, a school nurse, get more information about it. They'll tell you it's safe, it's effective. Oh, your this school is, nurse. <laughs> uh, this vaccine is tailored for uh, kids and uh, then come on down and find a spot to get vaccinated. You can get it for free just by going to vaccine.gov. It'll tell you exactly where uh, you can go to get vaccinated and, um, you know, make sure to do it, as you said, for your kids, your entire family, as well as for the community at large. Okay, so another smart person, former President Obama, the real purpose and reason for me kind of taking this walk down memory lane and trying to show you this stuff back to back to back is we're going to have a little lesson on interpreting the world around us and how to figure out what's happening in this world around us. So I'm being a little tongue in cheek here because it's so ridiculous at this point. Every single thing that Hal and I said in the early days of the panic pandemic turned out to be a hundred percent true. And yet the Atlanta Journal-Constitution did a full-page article on the same day that they were announcing the Braves won the World Series to attack Hal and I and to prevent us from sharing uh, readily available information. All we were doing was pointing out what was already out there in peer-reviewed literature and things like that and noting that for some reason power brokers in the media and in politics and at our uh, institutions were trying to prevent you from seeing were going against us. Now, I remember, you know, 20, 30 years ago, I watched CNN. I remember James Earl Jones, though, this is CNN with that deep voice. It was super cool. And everybody watched CNN. But you know what? Somewhere along the lines, along the line of my life, I stopped watching CNN. The reason I did is because they weren't telling me the truth, right? When I go to a source... And I, and that source turns out to be a complete liar. I stopped going to that source. And so I, I'm here to point out, I just made the case for you. These are not small details. These were people that were making claims that they could not possibly have known, first of all. And the fact that they were saying them in absence of evidence means they were either fools or they were lying to you. And I'm here to tell you the chances of them all being fools is, is not very good. Now, if you are still listening to Rachel Maddow about anything, if you're still listening to Dr. Walensky about anything, if you still listen to Chris Cuomo or Barack Obama or, God forbid, Anthony Fauci about anything, you are officially a useful idiot because they are untrustworthy. Now, I'm not done. Let's go to the Mayo Clinic. Now, the Mayo Clinic is rec- is uh, recognized around the world is one of the foremost top medical clinics on planet Earth. Nobody would dispute that. You know, people talk, oh, what are you doing? I'm going to the Mayo. Oh, you're going to the Mayo Clinic. Wow. Well, you're, you're in good hands, right? Well, let's read what's on the front page of the Mayo Clinic now. Mayo Clinic website now says hydroxychloroquine can be used to treat COVID-19 patients. They previously claimed it was not effective. Huh. That's weird. It's almost like they're saying what Hal and I were telling you right off the bat. That's weird. It's super weird to me. Um, let's go and listen to uh, 
Maria Bartiroma uh, from Fox Business interviewing Senator Ron Johnson about the FDA's recent approval of ivermectin. You know, the medicine that Hal and I said was effective right off the bat. Let's listen to this. Morning, that the FDA is now saying that it's okay to take ivermectin uh, if you have COVID. And Marie, you know the doctors I've been uh, dealing with and talking to for years now. Uh, they, they believe that probably hundreds of thousands of Americans lost their lives because they were denied early treatment. And they were denied it because the FDA sabotaged, for example, ivermectin. And they said, come on, y'all, you're, you're not a cow, you're not a horse. You know, this is, this is supposedly horse medicine. No, this is a Nobel Prize winning uh, medicine that, that could, could have saved hundreds of thousands of lives. They needed to. Yep. So the this is another situation where, again, it's not like they figured it out. Right. It's not like they figured it out. They knew that ivermectin was effective. They knew it. They knew hydroxychloroquine was effective. And that's why Hal and I knew it is because the information was readily available. I wasn't inventing it. Hal wasn't inventing it. I was simply interpreting peer reviewed literature on the medicine. And it was clear that it was effective. And yet. Where were our institutions that we love and trust so much? Where was the World Health Organization? Where was the FDA? Where was the CDC? Okay. Uh, they were the ones that were spreading the misinformation. Okay. And not only that, but the worst part about it is they were going out of their way to prevent people from trying to share the truth of you from speaking. When we were with America's Frontline Doctors up in D.C. trying to share this information with with the world, uh, Alex Marlowe, who's the editor-in-chief of Breifbart, was texting me at the very moment that we were standing up there. And he told me that we currently had 18 million live Facebook followers that were interested in the information that we were sharing. And we were deplatformed. Google and Big Tech and all of them, they completely shut us down to prevent you guys from hearing the truth. And if that doesn't demonstrate to you the situation that you're in and try to guide the methods that you use for interpreting the information around you, you're in big trouble. Okay? We're going to pick this up on the other side. We're about to go to a break. Uh, you're listening to the Doctor's Lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber on America's Web Radio, and we'll be right back. Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. In 2009, the membership organization Docs for Patient Care was founded. People all around the country wanted to participate in the efforts of this group, and they wanted to join, but they were unable to do so unless they were physicians. It's for this reason that the Docs for Patient Care Foundation was created. Now, everyone can join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. While you're at your computer, 
please go to www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docs4patientcarefoundation.org and make a tax-deductible donation and join the fight along with us. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back to the Doctor's Lounge, everybody. I'm Dr. Scott Barber, and you're listening to me on America's Web Radio. Talking about the uh, known spreaders of misinformation, me and Hal, as we were pilloried by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution back in the day for saying things like masks don't work. We were saying things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine were available and effective for early treatment. Uh, we were saying that vaccines have risks and that whether or not you get a vaccine is a risk-benefit analysis based on whether or not you are an at-risk type of patient and the risk of the virus is more serious to you than the risk of a new vaccine. Now, one of the things that really bothers me about this, and um, you know, I remember I've shared this story before on the show, but I remember sitting at my uh, watching my TV and we were several months into into the pandemic. And at this point, I had been following the reports of patients in Italy and in South Korea myself, going over each individual case myself. And it became very obvious to me that the people at risk from the first strain of COVID, uh, COVID uh, were older people with comorbid conditions. In, in many, in one of the studies I saw as high as three comorbid conditions. So basically old sick folks were the ones who were really at risk from the, in the early days of COVID. But it also started to become very obvious that children were not at risk at all. Oh my God, you can't say that. Listen, I know that there are people out there that are looking at what I say and they're going to try and continue to label me a known spreader of misinformation. But the important thing that we all have to learn about this world is that the truth south south that would have been very powerful if I could have gotten it out properly. The truth shall set you free. The truth shall set you free. People just tell the truth, okay? Use your own judgment. You need to understand, as we talk about on this show all the time, that the elites, that the people that are designated experts, that the leaders of institutions and things like that, they're just people. They're fallible. And as I'm learning, they're also capable of being on the take. That's kind of the big thing about human beings is they're all capable of being on the take. And there's a lot of political power and money at stake here. And that's where you seem to get the biggest deviation from the truth is from the people that have access to these basic bribes and everything. So anyway, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, I was literally in my head thinking like, all right, we're in good shape. So my family's safe. My kids are young. My wife and I are, are relatively young and we're healthy and we're not really at risk from this COVID thing. And so I was feeling good about it. And right about the same moment, my wife freaks out. I can't remember exactly what she said, but it was like, ah, we're all going to die. And I was like, what is wrong with you? And she was like, you know, it's so terrible. We're in such danger and all this kind of stuff. And I'm, it really dawned on me that she was a victim of this psyop, of this propaganda war that was trying to convince everybody that we're in the midst of the worst thing ever. And I remember thinking to myself, like, how is it that you're coming to that conclusion? Because my wife is a very smart person. She's an attorney. Uh, when she took the bar, she didn't miss any questions. I mean, she's that kind of smart. And yet she bought this scam hook, line, and sinker, and it dawned on me that everybody's frame of reference and knowledge of 
of the things that came before is not the same. And I realized that I went to medical school and I knew coronavirus and I know immunology and I know how vaccines work. I know how viruses work. I know how hospitals work. I know how mortality rates are calculated. I understand all of this stuff. I understand how to interpret scientific data. That's why you can't just throw some study in front of me and get me to kowtow to you. It's like, I want to read the study. I want to see how good this study is. I want to see if I agree with the study because that's what a true scientist does. We don't get one stupid study presented to us by the CDC and sit down and shut up. That's not how science works, but they're trying to convince you that it does. And it made me realize that I see the world differently because I understand things. And it actually has even more profound effect on me because as I've had my kids go through school, I realize that we have generations of people out there who don't understand that America is the greatest society that ever existed. I think those that are my age, that are old enough to remember when the United States defeated the Soviet Union, the evil Soviet Union in hockey in 1980, one of the greatest sporting events, if not the greatest sporting event of all time, uh, those people from that generation, we understand that America is a great country and that our freedoms and our success are not because we pillaged the world, but because we freed individuals to reach their maximum potential because we had a constitutional republic with a bill of rights that protected our basic freedoms and allowed property rights, which allows people to follow their dreams and their goals and their inspirations and to create the greatest things in society that make the human condition so much better. But now we have a generation of people who believe that our society is based on racism, total lie, total fraud. Uh, and they try to point out that the worst people among us are the measure of the society without understanding that every society has good people and bad people and that you can't go and point to a society that's perfect. We're all flawed because we're all human beings and we're all sinners, me included. And so the thing that really bothered me was about this, just getting back to understanding how my wife, who's a smart person and I'm a smart person, came to two different conclusions uh, being presented the same facts is that our ability to interpret the facts around us was very different. And that's what really was the impetus of me kind of changing the perspective of this show to be less about trying to convince you that socialized medicine is terrible and free market medicine is the way to go. Not perfect because nothing is perfect. But as long as you have the power to control your own health care, you're going to be in the best possible position to get the best possible health care. And that when you cede that power to some other authority, a government-run bureaucracy, you're going to get denied care. And I'm going to give you some examples of that coming up. But I want to focus on the big thing about this whole COVID pandemic that really has me perplexed. And I still don't know the answer to this. I'm just musing out loud. When I first learned about the COVID vaccine, the new mRNA technology, I thought to myself about the science and I said to myself, okay, so you have these lipid nanoparticles that contain mRNA. And for those of you who don't know what mRNA is, it's the way your DNA is copied. The mRNA goes to the ribosomes in your cells. They copy proteins and that's how we do everything. That's about as much of the science as I want to give you guys. But the point is, the mRNA is how we communicate from the DNA and our nucleus of our cells to the outer part of the cells to produce proteins. And so 
the vaccine, this new mRNA technology, was lipid nanoparticles that uh, coded for mRNA for the spike protein of the virus. Now, this is a specific feature of the virus designed to stimulate your immune system to attack. So what you're doing is you're giving this lipid nanoparticle vaccine. The mRNA is going to go to all of your healthy cells. Your healthy cells are going to copy that mRNA, create a spike protein. It is then going to go to the cell membrane of all your normal cells. And that spike protein is going to stimulate your immune system to attack because your immune system basically is always surveilling for things that are not self. So anything that comes into your body that the body says, hey, that's not us, that's something different, the immune system attacks. And that's the essential function of these viruses is you're trying to get the body to see the virus in a non-threatening way. That's why you give, you used to give like killed virus. So virus that's not going to make you sick, your immune system sees that virus, recognizes it, so, and makes bombs for it. So the next time a virus comes in, your immune system is ready to go and attack. And the first thing I said to myself was, why would I want this mRNA to go to my healthy cells and produce this spike protein to have all my healthy cells exhibit this spike protein and stimulate my immune system to attack, right? Why would I want to make my healthy cells exhibit a protein that's going to stimulate my immune system to attack my healthy cells. This is my thought long ago. And the thought that I had is so basic, right? If you're in, I don't know, I don't know when you get basic biology and you're learning this stuff, but I don't know, middle school, early high school, this is not complicated science, right? And this is a good lesson. The smartest people in the world didn't have this thought. The people rolling out this vaccine didn't have this thought. Like, why would I want that? Now, we all know through records and things now that they didn't test this vaccine on humans. That's out there. And they gloss over it. That, to me, is a pretty big deal. It's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. You submitted this stuff to us without having having it tested on humans? Like, this is unbelievable to me. And again, why do I want to have this vaccine injected into me where it's going to stimulate the um, my normal cells to exhibit this spike protein, which is then going to stimulate my immune system to attack myself. Why would I want that? And then this is the part I'm trying to get to, the dramatic effect. Did you hear Obama pushing that on the children, on the kids? When I think to people that have a different political ideology than me and they want political power, I have to ask myself, but you're doing this to your kids. Do you know that these evil ghouls have put this thing on the pediatric vaccination schedule? I don't get it. These are their children, and that's where I'm just, I don't know what to say, right? The way people view this world, their ideology, uh, I don't get it. It's not just about power. This is a true sickness. It's a psyop. These are your own kids that have no risk from this virus. Why well, he's going to have to be brought up on charges and have his medical day. It's not zero. No, it's not absolutely zero, but it's less than a typical flu. It's very, very low. All right. Let's put it this way. A heck of a lot more kids have died from the actual vaccine than have died from COVID. That's a fact. And that comes from the CDC. Oh, you think I'm kidding? Um, Let's talk to now. Here's the other thing too. Talking about 
interpreting the world around you, right? So I'm always telling you guys, if you see something that gets fact-checked, there's a reason for it. It's because the people in power don't want you to know the facts. So they have to deploy fact-checkers to influence the way you interpret the facts. So whenever you see a fact-checker deployed, know they are trying to get you off the truth. Because if it was just a fact or just truth, they would let it lie. Because that's how things used to be done in the old days. We would have free speech and we would debate issues in the public square and people could decide for themselves. That's what freedom is. And sometimes people were wrong and sometimes people were right. But as a society, we tended to move towards the right, meaning the correct information over time because we allowed free speech. We didn't just go one and done. Look at all these clowns that I played for you at the beginning of the show in their own voice, Walensky and Cuomo and Rachel Maddow and Obama and Fauci telling these people were the ones that were chosen. They were allowed to speak and they were wrong about everything I just showed you. Me and Hal, we were shut down and we were right about everything we said, not because we're geniuses, but because we're trained physicians and we were just sharing information. Now, one of the biggest people who was canceled during this whole clown show of the pandemic was Dr. Peter McCullough. Now, Peter McCullough is a cardiologist, academic guy, one of the most published guys. There's nothing about this guy that doesn't say awesome doctor until COVID came around. And then he had to be canceled and stripped of his credentials and everything like this. And let me just tell you something. I've been in medicine long enough to know that when I hear somebody, I know somebody who sounds like a scholar and an honest broker of the facts of medicine. And I know people who are on the take, right? Peter Hotez, he's on the take, clearly. He'll say anything for a dollar. Dr. McCullough knows what he's talking about. This is as a physician who's been practicing for almost 30 years or maybe 30 years, and I graduated at the top of my med school class. I, I think I've earned the right to make a judgment about my colleagues. This Dr. McCullough certainly doesn't deserve to be canceled, but the fact that he was canceled makes me want to listen to him even more because Dr. McCullough got canceled by the likes of Obama and Fauci and and Rachel Maddow and Chris Cuomo and clowns like that. Let's listen to what what's going on now regarding this vaccine. Here's here's Dr. McCullough. Mortality is up in every single population across the globe. Record mortality of every type. The question on the table is the next person who dies unexpectedly with no antecedent disease, a complete surprise to the patient's family. I can tell you that I have now published the largest autopsy study ever in that circumstance where someone dies and they undergo an autopsy. And the answer is 73.9% of the time, it's directly due to the vaccine if they've taken it. The next athlete who has a cardiac arrest, the next actor or actress that has a stroke, or the next loved one that suddenly develops a heart attack or a cardiac problem out of the blue, it is likely due to the vaccine. And therefore, it's potentially preventable 
if we employ this detoxification program, I recognize it's empiric. I recognize we don't have the full strength of randomized trials, but we don't have time because pe- people are losing their lives. Okay, so up in every single population across the globe. So what he's saying there is that, that the study is not a randomized controlled prospective study, but what it is is a good retrospective study. And what it shows is, yeah, you heard that right, 74%, okay, Almost three-fourths of the people who died and got an autopsy, it was directly related to the vaccine. Does that not warrant even a conversation? We've talked about it on the show. The ability of people to conduct studies is is controlled by basically a government system. And there's no funding for people who want to do a study against climate change. You want to do a study against climate change, you're not going to be invited to anything. They're going to pillory you. They're going to say you're a clown, and they're going to cancel you like Dr. McCullough. This information is so damning that, you know, what if it was more subtle than that? We wouldn't even know, but 74% is crazy, and they won't talk about it. The CDC won't talk. This is still on the pediatric schedule. What is going on here? The CDC admits 120,000 U.S. children died suddenly following the COVID rollout. Okay? Down to six months of age, just over a year on, the bombshell report, which has just been published by the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OEC, and subsequently suppressed by the mainstream media, revealed that nearly half a million children and young adults have now died since the injections were approved for use on most children. And here is the figure that the mainstream media are working overtime to hide from you. Over 118,000 of those deaths are suspected to be linked to the COVID vaccine side effects. Despite the staggering death toll revealed in the report, it's been met with deafening silence from the mainstream media. We shouldn't be surprised. The report exposes the globalist elite and their propagandists in the mainstream media as the frauds and liars that they are. All th- so that was my man Pelham. I got him off Twitter. He's got a great account. And, uh, you know, what you're seeing here is that uh, children are being affected by the vaccine. And I want to get past the point of, you know, wow, is that a double blind, you know, randomized control, you know, placebo controlled crossover study and all this kind of stuff? What we're talking about here is overwhelming. Sometimes things are so overwhelming that you have to stop and take a look at it here. And I'm just here to tell you there are enough questions about this that we we should be talking more openly about it. We should be gathering more information about it, and we're not. And that makes my alarm go off in my head. What is happening here? The same thing that happened to me. Uh, when I was studying about the vaccine early in 2020, studying about COVID and all the things around it and asking myself, why are they avoiding the conversation? Like, why are they preventing us from knowing it? And then, you know, we saw stuff. I've talked about it here, how Rolling Stone magazine came out with the idea that ivermectin was a horse dewormer. And they promoted this story that people were being rushed to the emergency room and dying. Gunshot wounds were dying because the doctors were too preoccupied with 
ivermectin poisonings. And that story went around the horn, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, uh, probably Fox too. Uh, and it turned out that it was a total lie. It was made up. It was fabricated. Where was the CDC, the World Health Organization, the FDI going around and correcting that notion? My wife bought into that, that ivermectin was a horse dewormer. Turns out it works, right? We just showed you the lawsuit where ivermectin uh, can be prescribed to treat COVID. I'm also trying to tell you that in my life, I've had enough opportunity to see people at the head of institutions like the FDA. I've seen people at the head of hospitals, psychos in some instances. I've seen politicians. Oh, my goodness. That's the scariest thing of all. When you realize all your politicians are doing is running for office and basically succumbing to what the lobbyists pay them to do. And that policy is written by 26-year-old former frat boys and sorority girls that move on to politics where the pretty people go to have power and cocktail parties. And they have their leftist ideology and their lifetime of being taught that America is a racist nation and that socialized medicine is amazing. And these people are running the country. Back when Obamacare was coming around, we went to go talk to uh, Mary Landrieu, who was, uh, I think she was senator from Louisiana at the time. And we wanted to just talk to her about the problems with Obamacare, which, by the way, everything that we said back then was true, too. But we were totally ignored because there was money and power to be had. And so Obamacare was going to pass no matter what, because these people were getting paid by the lobbyists to do it. They concealed every negative thing about it. Um, they got this thing passed by hook and by crook. Maybe one day I'll do a show on that. Uh, <clears throat> but we went to go see Mary Landrieu and she, of course, wouldn't see us. She was a Democrat and she was all in for Obamacare. So she sent out her 26 year old healthcare liaison and I was in there. And at the time I was in my forties. So reasonably experienced at the time. Um, I don't know. There was maybe 15 or 20 of us in there, doctors trying to share our concerns about Obamacare. And she was sitting there, legs crossed, pursed lips, irritated, annoyed, a waste of my time. And I'm just looking at her and I was, I was the one talking and she just finally cuts me off and she says, you don't know anything about this. I spend all my life working on healthcare and I know what works and what doesn't work. And I'm looking at this girl like, sweetie, you are 26 years old. You don't know anything about anything yet. You got like 200 years of medical experience in this room and you won't even listen to us. That is how these clowns behave. I'm telling you, these politicians that you put so much hope in, these leaders that you think, oh, well, they know what's up. It's not true. You need to take control of your life. I want to play some of the clowns that are running the world right now. Let's listen to um, AOC on the on what's going on in Gaza right now. This is always a favorite. Apparently, this is very different than people expressing their First Amendment right to protest. Well, yes, but I also think that what people are starting to see, at least in, in the occupation uh, of, of Palestine, is... Um, just an increasing crisis of humanitarian condition. And that to me is just where I tend to come from on this issue. You use the term the occupation of Palestine. Mm. What did you mean by that? Oh, um, 
I think it, what I meant is like the, the settlements that are increasing in, in some of these areas and, and places where, um, so where Palestinians are experiencing uh, difficulty in access to uh, their housing and homes. Do you think you can expand on that? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd also just... I, I am not the expert on geopolitics <laughs> on this issue. You know, for me, I'm a firm believer in uh, in finding a, a two-state solution in this issue, and um, I'm happy to sit down with leaders on both of this issue, on both of these. For me, I just look at, at things through a human rights lens, and I may not use the right words. <laughs> <laughs> she has no idea what she's talking about. This is a U.S. Congresswoman who admits I'm not an expert on global geopolitics, but I guarantee you she's making decisions that will affect your lives. If you have fighting age men and women in your family, you better be, uh, better be thinking about the possibility that somebody like her is going to vote to send your sons and daughters overseas to engage in war. Folks, these people don't know what they're doing. They're not special. They're not any more special than you are. You need to maintain control of your own lives. You also need to learn to work to understand the world that's around you. When these people lie to you, you need to stop listening to them. If you're going to these legacy news outlets, they knowingly pass this information because they have an agenda. And it usually is is centered around what lobbyists and global elites that are trying to obtain money and power for themselves, it's their agenda, not yours. Our border is wide open. We just had... This attack on Gaza, men and women and children murdered, horrifically beheaded, burned alive, eyes gouged out, crazy stuff. And all we're hearing is about what's going on in Gaza in terms of the Palestinian refugees. It's utterly ridiculous. There's no moral equivalence. We live in a world where Israel gave up Gaza to these uh, Palestinian people if you can call that Palestinian, there's no Palestine, but they gave it up in 2005. They completely uh, exited the area within a week. There's no occupation there. The people of Gaza immediately had one election where they elected Hamas, a terrorist organization that has in their charter the elimination of Israel. And we have to listen to clowns like this talk about a two-state solution. Uh, this is the world we're living in, folks. Medicine is a huge part of it. You need to get back freedom of health care because you're already in big trouble. And I'm going to continue to expand on it. I wanted to talk to you about a young boy that needed surgery uh, that has been tortured for a year by the system. He came by me. We, of course, are not on the insurance plan, but we took care of this kid's case. Dr. Linville, our great spine surgeon, uh, fixed this kid and he's instantly doing great after not being able to play sports or do anything for a year in intractable pain. And that's the socialized healthcare system. I'm going to talk more about that next time. I want to thank you all for listening to the doctor's lounge. I'm Dr. Scott Barber. You're listening to me on America's web radio. Everybody have a great week and we will see you next time. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's web radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.